Good morning, everyone. Moshe tells us we are good to go. I hope everyone on Zoom can hear me. I'm behind the uh, plastic, so good morning, everybody. This is uh, Rabbi Kovacs filling in for Rabbi Silver. A real treat to give the daf today. Today's daf is Lamed Gimel. We are picking up at Lamed Base, so we're still in the heart of Sachim. Lamed Base, Leib. Okay. It's too early to laugh. I got to laugh in the back. All right. Very good. We have Talmud Torah sponsors today are Dovi and Nina Elman in honor of their daughter Ayelet becoming Bat Mitzvah. May she continue to be a source of nachas to the entire family. That's great. So again, we're picking up uh, Lamed Base, Ahmed Base, 32B. We're 13 lines up. And I'll tell you outside, the inyan we're dealing with is paying back if someone ate truma. So don't eat truma, but if someone ate truma, they need to pay back the karen, that's the actual value consumed, plus a chomish, a one-fifth uh, sort of a, a penalty, a knas. And we were on this topic because we are talking about what if he ate uh, a chametz truma that wouldn't have any value. We were discussing whether you pay back the actual value or the, the size, the weight of the measure. That was, that was the topic on Ahmed Olaf. Here we are in Ahmed Base. We're talking about Rav Papa was discussing Abishal's opinion regarding paying back truma. And according to Rav Papa, Abishal needed two factors. Abishal required the person to eat a kezais, a olive size amount of truma in order to pay back because it says achila. Achila is usually kezayis, as we know from eating matzah. And he also required a shava pruta. It had to be worth a pruta. So he understands that our sages live in a normal capitalistic society where prices actually fluctuate. So sometimes you'd have a kezayis that could be worth less than a pruta, and sometimes you'd have a pruta and it might be less than a kezayis because prices go up and down according, according to supply and demand. So we are 13 lines up, and we had just had a tiyufta on Rav Papa saying that Rav Papa can't hold Abishal needs both a pruta and a kezayis to pay back eaten truma. He only needs the pruta. So it, towards the end of that line, 13 lines up, but af Rav Papa haderbei. Even Rav Papa retracted, and we're going to prove it here. Titania, there's a b'raisa, v'chata bishgaga. The pasuk says, v'chata bishgaga, and this is a pasuk by me'ila. I actually have the pasuk here, nefesh kitimo, a soul that did a me'ila. It's hard to translate that, but sort of a, a transgression, a usury, they say. Me'ol, v'chata bishgaga, and he sinned by mistake. Mikod she'eshem, v'hevi as ashamayu l'eshem, etc. He brings his asham, which has a minimal value, but he sinned by mistake. So it sounds a bit redundant. So he says, prot lemezi. This excludes someone doing the ila on purpose who should not have to bring a carbon. Halo dinu, because you might have said it's a kal v'chomer. You wouldn't need a pasuk. Ma shar mitzvahs. What about other mitzvahs? Shachai behen karis. Now these are mitzvahs like not eating dom and chaylev. So we cannot eat dom and chaylev. And if somebody did that on purpose, it's a karis. So don't try that at home. Poter. And there's poter from bringing a carbon. So he has chayev karis. So don't eat dom and chaylev. But he's putter from bringing a carbon. If he did it by mistake, he would in fact bring a carbon to be a kapara for eating dam or chaylev. Poter behen es amazid. So he's putter. He's putter the mazid. The Torah says the mazid does not bring a carbon for kapara because he gets karis instead. Meila compare that to meila she'ain bo karis. It doesn't have a punishment of karis. Enodin she putter es amazid. So the mazid, the person who does it on purpose, should not have to bring a carbon. So why does the pasuk have to tell me vachata bishkagai sinned by mistake? That's when he brings a carbon. I should know that already. Comparing to other isurim in the Torah, loi mamret b'shar mitzvah says no. It's not a good comparison if you say by other mitzvahs sheken lo chayev behen misa. It's not chayev the death penalty. Now the mita, the misa we're talking about here, is misa bidei shemaim, is death at the hands of heaven lo and it is not a court 
imposed punishment that the Sanhedrin gives out. It's actually a punishment that would strike a person down at the hands of, of heaven. And heaven has a lot of uh, agents working for heaven, so don't take it too lightly. So, so these other punish, these other sins like chayiv and dam, he's chayiv kares. We're going to get to that in a second. What that means, uh, but he's not chayiv misa, so he can't compare meila. That's chayiv misa, so it sounds like that's worse. So the pasuk has to tell us by meila, a shogeg is the one who brings the carbon, brings the asham from meila, and not someone who did it by mistake. Uh, so at the beginning, he says Karas is alima, is stronger. It, it's worse, scarier. And at the end, he says Misa is worse. Now, our Mepharshim say, it, it's, it's a little vague uh, in Shas, but it seems that Karas is early death, Lo'olainu, and some sources say it's a loss of children also. God forbid, Lo'olainu. And Misa apparently is early death, but it's a bit of a later early death. So it's death after the age of 60, whereas Karis would be even before the age of 60. So there is a tzad to say that Karis is earlier death and worse. But there's another tzad, maybe Karis is more mechaper than a Misa B'day Shemaim is. So it's not really a fair comparison to compare uh, mannerisms of death at the hands of heaven. So this is what the Bars is saying. Lo imar b'shar mitzvahs. So it's not a good comparison from the other mitzvahs like chayiv and dam. Sheken lo chayiv and misa. He's not chayiv misa b'day shemaim b'pachot mikazayis for less than a kazayis. So there, if he ate chayiv or dam and it's half a kazayis, he doesn't get karis. Now it's still aser. This is what's called chazi shir aser minatayra. So half an amount, even half a kazayis of dam, is still aser to eat. It's just we're not going to give you we're not going to give you a, a problem. So if you show up, it, it, it's the, the shear. You understand shear is a mount. We also say shear. You're at the daf yomi shear. Baruch Hashem. So if you get half the daf yomi shear, we're not going to kill you. It's it's still good, but really you got to come to the whole shear. That's that's kind of what the Torah is mashma here. Tomer b'meila. So you can't compare that to meila. Shachayev b'misa b'bechat mekazayis because you could be chayev misa for meila for even less than a kazayis. We're going to see a little bit of that. That. Amalei Tanuch Daitach says, Oh, you, you, your mind should be at ease. Your mind should have rest. You've put my mind at rest because your explanation here about Pachot Mikazayas being a, not a good comparison, that, that puts my mind at rest. Amalei, my Nihusa. What's so restful about it? He says, You know what? My, my sheet is not so amazing either. The Rav Rav Sheshesh already threw an axe into my argument. Man shamat led Amar, we're turning over. Who is the only opinion that says that someone purposefully committing Meila, top line of Lamad Gimel, gets the death penalty, the Misa Bide Shemaim, Rebbe he, that's only Rebbe. Now, now we're at the top, but this, this Lashon, I'm just going to point out this Lashon of Shadu Narga, he threw an axe into my argument. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. Like, you throw an accent to my argument. It sounds scary. There's a Gemara and Brachas. This is going back about almost a year. The Gemara and Brachas in the fourth parak, Daf Chav Ches. And they say, uh, there is this, is amazing, it's an amazing Gemara. There is this Machlokis in Rabbi Yehoshua and Rabbi Gamliel about davening Mariv, what we call Mariv. Tfilas Arvis Roshis Lachova. You remember it now. And, and uh, Rabbi Gamliel calls out Rabbi Yehoshua. He says, they told me what you said. I don't agree. Stand up. We're going to testify against you. We're going to get this settled in the, in the, bez, in, in the, in the yeshiva. We're going we're gonna to nail this down. And, and he says, the Lashon there is, Hamted Bale Trising. He says, wait until the shield bearers arrive. And then we're going we're gonna to settle this whole argument. Now, the shield bearers, the Mepharshim say, that's a higher level. Because here they're throwing an axe into an argument. So anybody can throw an axe at your shita. 
but to be a shield bearer means you have to think ahead and defend against any attacks. You have to really know your stuff cold to hold the shield and defend against all the axes and the spears and all of that kind of thing. So that's a higher madrega of Talmud Chacham is the one holding the shield, who can defend himself. Likewise, we have a concept, uh, we have a concept in, in Halakha, we say, Koch de hetera adif. We say that the lenient opinion is stronger. Now that doesn't mean, oh, let's go out and find all the leniencies. It means it's, it's relatively easy to be machmir. To be machmir, okay, let's be cautious. But to be mekel, you have to be very sure of yourself. You have to really know your, your sugya cult. So we say, we say, and that's the Lashon Balitrisin, and here they're throwing an axe into the argument. So good. So now we're picking up on Abed Aleph here with Rebbe. Rebbe's the only one who holds that Me'ila is Mita, is, is Misa Bidei Shemaim. Titania, there's a Brisa, Hazid B'Me'ila. He purposefully did Me'ila. He purposefully said, Rashi says, Hana. Uh, Kurdish. He had Hana from Hektish. We're going to see that's not so posh it. Uh, Rebbe Omer B'Misa. Rebbe says, it's Misa B'Dei Shabayim, Ho'chamim Omerim Be'azhara. It's a love. It's a warning. You can't do that. My time, the Rebbe, what's the reasoning of Rebbe? Omer Rebbe Abahu, Gomer Chet Chet Mitruma. So Rebbe learns out from Truma. Truma is called a Chet, and Truma gets a Misa B'Dei Shabayim. If you, God forbid, eat Truma, please don't. So he learns that out to Meila. Ma Truma Bemisa, just like Truma gets Misa Bidei Shemaim, Af Meila Bemisa. So to Meila, done on purpose, gets Misa Bidei Shemaim. Umina, he's Domina Mina, he says, and what's the shear? Ma Truma Bikazayas, just like Truma needs a Kazayas, Af Meila Bikazayas. So to Meila would need a Kazayas to be high of Misa Bidei Shemaim. Now, Rashi, that was the first, the first Rashi in Laman Gimel, says, Hana Hektesh. He had enjoyment from Hektesh. The Tosva says, it's not any hanav hektesh, it's eating. Davka, it's eating, and Davka, a kezayis, that would get a chiyuv misa, because Tosos brings by truma itself, other forms of enjoying truma are not chayiv misa. So if somebody used truma for firewood, or someone used the wine of truma to, to settle the dust on his floor and make his house smell nice by, you know, they had dirt floors. So if you use the wine of truma for that, that wouldn't be chayiv misa. Be eating a kezayis davka would be chayiv misa. So therefore, me'ila bekezayis davka is chayiv misa. So the, the Lashon of the Gemara, af me'ila bekezayis, sounds a lot like Tosfos. Rashi says, any hana, hana's hektesh. And this reminds us of one week ago, there was a man sitting in the shade of the temple. Anyone remember who that was? Okay, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was sitting in the shade of the temple. That was just one week ago, Rabbi and they said that's an example of a hana that's unavoidable. Because he needed that, that space to give shear to the rabbim, to teach everybody. He needed the space, so he was allowed to sit in that open area outside the temple, even though certain times a day the shade would be on him and he would get this unavoidable, he doesn't really want the hana, but it's an unavoidable hana from the temple. Now there's a diuk there, because it says he was sitting there all day. If he's sitting there all day, you understand, Rabbi the sun actually moves in the sky. So sometimes he was in the sun and sometimes he was in the shade. So if he's there all day, that demonstrates he wasn't going out of his way to get Hana from the building of the temple because he was there when it was sunny. He was there when it was shady. He just needed the space to be able to give shear to the rubbing. So he wasn't, he was Machmir like Rashi. He wasn't getting any Hana on purpose. It was unavoidable, was the sugi over there last week. He was getting unavoidable Hana from the temple building. But here we're saying, Rebbe says you need a kezayis from Meila. If he eats a kezayis of the Kodshim, he's chayiv misa That's doing it on purpose. Of course, Bishogeg, as we saw, is a asham Meila, and he pays back. Muskiv, Rav Papa, and Rav Papa objected to this. Remember, we're trying to prove Rav Papa retracted his opinion of Abba Shal, that you need both kezayis 
and a Shevla Pritza. How do you think Rabbi holds like Rabbanan? Maybe holds like Abashol. Who holds you only need a Sheva Pruta to be Chayv Me'ila even though you didn't eat a Kazais. But Rav Papa, didn't you say that Abashol requires both a Kazais and a Sheva Pruta? So it seems that Rav Papa retracted and he said that Abashol only needs the Sheva Pruta. He doesn't need a Kazais to pay back Me'ila or Truma. Now you're going to ask me if he only ate a Shavapruta of uh, Meila or Truma, how is he going to pay back? Because we know archaeologists will tell you uh, that there was a Pruta coin and there was a half a Pruta coin, but there was no one fifth of a Pruta coin. And paying back is a Chomesh, and Chomesh is a fifth. So he should be paying back a fifth. You, you would need a, a, a fourth of a Pruta coin. So you have to ask the archaeologists if they ever found these. I know they found half Prutas from the Temple era, and they found full Prutas from the Temple era, and they found bigger coins, they found eight Pruta coins, things like this. But a fourth of a Pruta or a fifth of a Pruta, I don't, I don't know if they have that Lemaisa, so maybe he would pay back in kind with uh, some sort of uh, produce or something. So that's something, that's, that's a Shiloh for the archaeologists and the researchers, so I'm sure someone will look that up. Uh, Marbre de Ravonna, moving on to Marbre de Ravonna, Amar Hachikamar. Lo Imar Bashar Mitzvah, so he's giving another comparison. Uh, by me'ila, by me'ila needing to be by mistake to bring a carbon, and on purpose we said is misa b'deshimaim. So it's not like you say by other mitzvahs shelo asa b'hen she'ein miskaven k'miskaven that we don't make an unintentional act like an intentional act by other mitzvahs. Here's their example: she'im niskaven lachtoichetzatolish, because if he intended to cut something that was already tolush, detached from the ground, v'chotochetzamachuber. And instead, he cut something attached to the ground. Shapotter, he's potter. Now, this is going back to Shabbos. So, Baruch Hashem, we just had a review on Brachas. Having a review on Shabbos. Shabbos, Rashi tells us, is Maleches Machsheves Binan. To be Chayev on Shabbos. Either Chayev Skila, if there's Adim, God forbid, or Chayev Karis, or Chayev to bring a carbon if it's, if it's Bishogig. He has to be doing something knowingly, with some sort of intention. He has to intend to cut this leaf that's attached to the ground. And okay, it was a mistake. He didn't know it was Shabbos, he didn't know it was Aser. But he has to actually, the act itself has to be with kavona, with intention. If he's intending to cut uh, leaf A, which is not attached to the ground, and he ends up not looking what he's doing, and cutting leaf B, which is attached to the ground, he's potter. So, Malachas Mechsheves Asvetor, by Shabbos. So, can we compare Shabbos? There's a similar case by Me'ila. If he wants to warm himself up, with shearings, so he sheared his sheep and he has a bag full of shearings, he's going to use them for a pillow or a blanket or a mattress to warm up. And instead, and instead he used the shearings of an ola, and obviously the shearings of an ola, the entire ola goes up on the Mizbech, so the shearings too belong to the temple. Shemol, that would be Me'ila if he warms up with the shearings of the sheep of the Ola. Rav Nachum Bar Yitzhak Amar Hachi Kamar. This is what we're saying the comparison is. Lo Imam Rav Bishar Mitzvah. It's not like the other commandments. Shekhan lo mischayev behen she'ein mitasek mitasek. Now mitasek is another level we discussed by Shabbos. We spent most of the year learning Shabbos, Rav Osei. So it's good to review it. Mitasek means he's involved in something else. He's not really paying attention to the act he's doing because his mind is on something else. And mitasek means he's busy. He's preoccupied with something else. His, his intention is to pick up, say, a flower that's already detached from the ground. He cut a flower before Shabbos, left it on the ground. It was designated, so it wasn't muksa, it was designated for Shabbos. 
He accidentally pulled up a mechuber flower because he was looking at the tallish flower and he was mitosek. He was trying to pick that up, but you know he he heard uh, he heard a dog bark and his eyes were somewhere else and he accidentally grabbed the one that was mechuber. Shepater. So that's potter because again by Shabbos maleches machsheves asratora he needs an intentional act and he has to be intending to do this act, not intending to do something else, and he accidentally got distracted and ended up plucking the flower that was attached to the ground. That's, that's still putter, because he wasn't intending that. Tomer b'me'ila, can you say the same thing b'me'ila? Shem chayushit yado l'kli. He puts his hand into the kli, li tol he dropped his keys or his fork into a bowl, and he sticks his hand into the bowl. What happens? V'sach yado b'shem and And his hand gets m'me'ila anointed, he's going for his keys, but they're in a bowl of hektash oil, and now his hand is anointed, shembal. He's committed me'ila even though he's mitosek. Even though he has no intention to get oil on his hands, he just wants to grab his keys. So nebuch, he's committed me'ila. So it's a different standard of kavona by me'ila. Amar Mar, Bemei So now actually going back. We're taking a, a backtrack to yesterday. We were talking about do we pay back truma lefi mida or lefi domim? Is it according to the amount or according to the value? So we're going back to there. Mafrish truma vechmitza. So we're talking about if it was chametz, it would, it, it's worthless on Pesach. Chametz and Pesach is worthless. So if he ate truma that's chametz and Pesach, really it has no value of, of objective monetary value because it's also vehana. So, when does this apply? He separated truma and it became chametz later. Of all hefrish chametz truma, he had chametz on Pesach and he tried to make that his truma. It does not become kodesh, it does not become truma. It's not a valid designation because it's chametz. How do we know these words? Rav Nachman Yitzchak says, the Pazak says, Titain lo. You have to give him, you give to the Kohen the Truma. She says, Reshit degoncha, Tiroshcha vitzarecha, Reshit gez tzonecha, Titain lo. Give it to the Kohen. Lo velola oro, not to his fire. If you gave him chametz on Pesach, he has no choice but to burn it. And he can't even have hana from the burning. We remember, a review from a couple weeks ago, you fired up an oven with chametz on Pesach, it's osser, the bread's osser, the oven's osser, according to the one opinion. So you're not giving it to, for his fire, for the Kohen just to burn it up without hana. You have to give it to him. The Pasuk says you have to give him a truma, so a truma he can use. You can't take truma from something that's tame, that's ritually impure, onto what's tahor. But if he did this by mistake, he didn't know it was impure at the time, truma so truma, it is valid after the fact. Am I? So why should it be? Uh, just like Hametz is not Kaddish, Lema, Lo, Lo, or we could say the same drasha. The Pasuk says you have to give the Kohen something he can use, not something he just has to burn. If you give him Tame, he just has to burn it. Lo Kasha. It's not a Kasha. Chasam Kusher. It had a time of being kosher, being valid. So before it got Tame, this produce would have been perfectly good Truma Lechatchila. Uh, now, now it's tamei nebuch b'diavad. It's okay because it had a time it was kosher. Hacha lo haytel kosher. But over here by the chametz, it was never kosher. What do you mean? This this was never kosher. It was always chametz. It was it was born chametz. It's very strange. Kagon de ichmitz b'mechuber. So we're saying it was chametz when it was still mechuber. You know the the chiyuv of truma. You have to take truma once you've harvested the grain. Once you've harvested the grain, and not before, when it's still attached to the ground, you don't have to take any truma. And here it became chametz when it was already attached to the, when it was still attached to the ground before it was harvested. Well, ich mitz if it became chametz after it was harvested, 
Achinami the Kotcha, it would become a valid truma. So Rabbi this is an amazing treat. This is, it's Mamisha treat. So we're going to pull out the Shulchan Aruch, and we're going to see something truly amazing. You're going to love this. This is, this is we're, we're actually preparing for Pesach right now. I know it's not 30 days before. But anyway, the Shulchan Aruch says in, in Orachayim, Tafnun Gimel, in Dalid, Achitim, the wheat, Sha'osin Behem Matzat Mitzvah, that you make the mitzvah matzahs with. That's for the Pesach Seder. Tov l'shamran, it's good to guard them. Shalom yiplo mayim, that mayim will not come onto the wheat. Mishat ketzira, from the time of harvesting. Rabbi say this is called shmura matzah. So shmura matzah, the lashon is tov, it's very good to have shmura matzah for the seder. Lefachot mishat tachina. And bediavid, if it's from the time of grinding, once you start grinding the wheat, it's much more susceptible to becoming chametz. If it has contact with water for 18 minutes, it could become chametz. Uh, so at least from the time of grinding, but it's very tov, it's very good to have shmura matzah for your seder. And you could buy kemach from the shuk to make your matzah mitzvah, because we assume they don't, they're not soaking the, the, uh, the kemach, the flour. So there's amazing Mishnah Brura, you're going to love this Mishnah Brura. So there's Mishat Ketzira, Rotsi Lomar, Sheyishmor Me'etachi, Vulhola. Like we said, it's Shmur Matzah. But before cutting it, before harvesting, you don't have to worry about it when it's still attached. Even if you know it rained on the wheat, it's not a problem. There is an opinion. If the wheat had fully dried out, so it does not have to be in the ground anymore. It does, it's not taking more water out of the ground. It's already fully ripened and dried out. Uh, it can become chametz im if it rains on this. Therefore, when we make shmura matzah, we harvest the dagan, the, the crops. When it, before it's dried, when it's still a little bit wet, we harvest it then. And, and this is brought from the Chaya Adam. The Shabur is bringing the Chaya Adam. And the Chaya Adam brings this from the Gra. And he says the Gra was machmir for his Shmura Matzah that it was, it, was, it was like this. It was not dried out. Because the Chashash is if it's dried out all the way and it's not taking more water from the ground, then when rain gets on it, yeah, Mamash, you know, a mubble, like Mamash, a lot of rain on it. And it's soaking there for 18 minutes on this dried out grain. There's a chashash that could become a chimitz. So this is a this is a real chumrah that the gra and apparently the chayyadam were machmir for, and that the the mishnah Burra brings. And uh, it would be very interesting if any of the uh, big big uh, uh, kashrus companies got into this chumrah and said, oh, it's it's extra shmura, it's shmura 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 min shmura. But uh, we also have a concept that Torah chasal moment Israel that the Torah doesn't want us to go crazy, and uh, doesn't want us to waste our money. So it's a chumrah. If you follow the gra, then uh, maybe you should look into it. But for the rest of us, shmura matzah is quite adequate. Tov, it's very good to have a shmura matzah. But that's even shmura when it's mechuber, even if it's attached to the ground, if it's all dried out. There is this chashash of chimats, and that is our gemara right here is the source for that gra chaye adam mishnah bura. So get good. So now we got, we're ready for Shmura Matzah. We're ready for Pesach already. Baruch Hashem. Amr uh, in Begzeres Irin. So he says, Amr in Irin He says, I heard this in the Gzeres Irin, in the, the saying of the angels. They're, they're saying, and Shilti. Now this is a Pasuk in Daniel. So he's saying this Pasuk is sort of like, yes, this is the right, this, this, this is the correct uh, interpretation. That it's, it could become chametz when it is mechubar karka if it's dried out. 
And so in the base Medrash, they say like me. So the, the angel is saying this. Now Rashi actually points out these angels that we're talking about. Uh, he says, Irin Malachim. They're, they're angels. Third line up in Rashi, Kolomar, Talmidei Chachamim. These Talmidei Chachamim are angels. They're like Malachi Asharis. So these He's not really saying angels, Mamish, said the halachas like me. He's saying the Talmidei Chachamim that are like angels, said the halachas like me, that grain all the way dried out could become chametz even attached to the ground. And that's the grain we're dealing with that could never become a valid truma because it never had a shat hakusher. It was never a kosher. Ki also Rav Huna, when Rav Huna came, turning over to Ahmed base. Amar, Amar Kro, he says, the Pasuk says he has another source. Rishit. Uh, it says, uh, you give them the first. Uh, if it's a reishit, that means the leftovers are nikar, the Israel, that they're usable for the Israel. So something being first applies there are leftovers. There's other things that are not first that you can use for the Israel. If you have to give the Kohen the first, it implies the Israel gets the rest. That excludes this, this chametz during Pesach. That if you gave the chametz, you had a whole bunch, a whole pile of chametz grain, it rained on it, something like this, and uh, you gave the truma from that to the Kohen, the rest of it is not appropriate for Yisrael, so it's not Shirai or Nikarin. So that's the source that truma from Chametz can't be a real truma. This is amazing. Grapes that got Tame, Dorchan, you should trample on them, Pachot, Pachot, Mikabetza, smaller than a Betza at a time. So what's going on? He's trying to get Tahor grape juice out of Tame grapes. Now this is an amazing sugya, and it, it's truly amazing. What's going on is a kibetza of food can transfer tuma. Now kazayit of food can accept tuma from the outside, but you need two kazayit, which is kibetza, to transmit that tuma onward to something else. So you have less than a kibetza of grapes, and you're squeezing them, and there's only less than a kibetza there, they can't transmit their tuma to the grape juice coming out. We'll see how that works. The yenon and the wine coming out of this is kosher and nesachim, can go on the mizbeach to accompany the karbanos. This is amazing. It's mamish kosher v'osher. It's not tamay at all. Alma kesavar, we see from this, he has to hold mashkin mifkod pekide, that the juice inside the grape, it's like it's deposited there. It's not really the ichor part of the fruit. It's like a deposit inside the grape. Le'emus, uh, so, so when, when does it become uh, tame? When he does sechita, when he squeezes it out. And once he squeezes it out, there isn't a shear of kibetza in those grapes when he squeezes the grape juice out. So it can't be metame from the grapes to the grape juice. If that's so, kibetza nami. If you had exactly a kibetza in size, it would also be tahor. And there's a Mishnah like this. Tame may someone was tame from contact of a, a dead body. He squeezed out his olives or grapes. Kibetza michavenis. He had exactly a kibetza in size. Tahurin. They are tahor. How does that? And how does that work? Is because once he starts squeezing it, it's less than a kibetza. He started with a kibetza of grapes, but once you've squeezed out the first drop, you have a kibetza minus a drop, so it can't transmit the tumor from the grapes to the grape juice. That's only bidi evid. We, we don't want people who are tame mace going out and weighing out a kibetza of grapes and olives and start to squeeze them because just a tiny fraction more than that kibetza, and a kibetza, depending on the size of your grapes, it could be three, four, five grapes, not very much. 
a tiny bit more, your grapes are a little bigger, then everything will be tame, and he's going to mess the whole thing up, and he can't use it for Nesachim anymore. So that's Bidi Evan. We'd say that. Over here, we say, your grapes got tame, he's not tame mace, but he wants to, he wants less than a kabetza, less than a kabetza, you know, he has a little wiggle room. So we say it's a gezeira. Maybe we don't want him to do more than a kabetza. If you do exactly a kabetza, he'll come to do a little bit more, and he's going to have a tuma problem. Who's going to listen to you and Rabbi Yochanan and your Rabbi? You're telling me you can take tame grapes a little at a time and squeeze them out and then use that wine on the mizbeach because it's perfectly tahar. Like, who's going to listen to this? The tuma and the grapes, where'd it go? No, where's, where's the tuma? You're squeezing tame and you're telling me it's tahar? He must hold the mashkin is absorbed in the fruit. So the first lashon was mifka bekide. It was like deposited inside. It was separate. And here it's mivla It's like absorbed in the fruit. So in the fruit itself is the mashka. The juice itself is is part of the fruit. So and since it became tame when it was a uchla, a food, a solid food, it's mala mashka. So the juice inside, which is part of the solid food, also becomes tame. So it's it's very different ways of looking at at the fruit. If it's you know, if, if the insides are really just a deposit there, or if they're really an icker part. And uh, as a Hasidish of art, this is our neshama and our goof. Our neshama and our goof, we, we say, Elokai neshama shnatatabi. It's natatabi. Our neshama is not an icker part of our goof. Our neshama is placed from Hashem into our goof. So it, our neshama goes by the first manda amar, mipkad pkide. So when, God forbid, your goof is squeezed, what cries out to Hashem? The neshama tahara. The goof might be tameh. But the neshama, which is a place there from Hashem, from the outside, is still always tahor, as long as you're pachot mikabetza. So I, I don't know how that works in the Hasidus, but I'm, I'm sure there's Hasidim who explain that also. Amrle, the atlo tispra de mashkin mikabkiri says, oh, you don't hold that the mashkin, the juices are merely deposited inside the grape; they're not an ikar part. Hatznan, there's a mishnah tame meis shesachat zetim anavim, like we said, mechavenis kabetza, and they're exactly a kabetza and not more tahorin. That becomes tahar when he squeezes it out because we say the first drop, now it's less than a kabeza. So it's good if you hold the juice inside is merely a deposit there and not truly part of the fruit. That's why the juice is tahar when it's squeezed out because now there's no more kabeza anymore to transmit tuma to the juice. If you say the juice is truly absorbed inside the grapes and is part of the grapes, am I tahar? And why should it be tahar in this Mishnah? He says back, what are you dealing with here? These anavim were not kosher. Now, you understand the grapes are kosher. We Because we know that food needs to get wet to be makabal tuma. There are seven liquids that can make foods ready to become tuma. They are yad, shachat, dam, yayin, dvash, shemen, cholov, tal, dam, and mayim. If any of those seven liquids fall on your food, and that's good for your food, then, uh, you know, you wash off your grapes, whatever it is, you wash off your apples, then they are ready to be mekabotuma. So these grapes were never got wet. Obviously, it rained on them, but once you cut them, they never got wet. They were never a mukhshar lekabotuma. So le'emus mukhshar, when were they made kosher? Once he squeezes them, now the grape juice coming out, grape juice is in the claw of yain, can make them ready to be kabotuma. So you have tame grapes, but they're not ready to be mekabal tuma and transfer tuma until you get them wet. When does he get them wet? When he starts to squeeze them. When does he start to squeeze them? Now it's less than the kabetza rabose. So it's, oh, it's beautiful. So you have an out here because these grapes were never ready, were never mukhshir lekabal tuma. Now he's reduced the shear of kabetza, 
without the kibetza, they're not going to transmit tuma onto the juice. So ironically, the juice dripping out as you squeeze the grapes is making the grapes able to accept and transmit tuma. But the fact that you're squeezing the juice out, now you have less than a kibetza, Rabbi Sai, of these grapes, and it can't transmit tuma to the juice, which is making it able to accept and transmit tuma. It's, it's, this, it, it sounds like a physics, Shaila, you know, about like the black holes and things like this, but it's, it's right here in the Gemara about transmitting tuma. So once you start to squeeze it, you have less than the shear of kibetza because it was exactly a kibetza. Remember that's what we said, we don't, we don't want the tame met to squeeze exactly kibetza. We want him to go less because he might, you know, might go a little bit more. Uh, so it, it's beautiful. He does exactly kibetza because once you start squeezing it, you have less juice and you're, you're, uh, you're not going to transmit the, the tuma. Dilote mahachi. If you don't tell me, it works out like this. Titania, there's a brysa. Halamaha zedome. What does this case resemble? Litrumat tutim zetim venavim. It's like a truma of berries and olives and grapes. Shinitma, that it became tame. Sha'ain loba lo heter achilev lo heter hasoka. So what's going on is usually truma that became tame, you would burn it. So if you're a truma sandwich, if you're a Cohen and you're a truma sandwich, uh, the, the bread would be from truma, became tame. You would throw it in the fire and you'd be able to burn it. You'd be able to get hana from the bread. But here it's a liquid. So it, it's, a, it's a liquid from uh, olives or grapes or berries or some, some kind of fruit. And it became tame, so you can't really burn a liquid. There's actually, if you remember way, way back when we were learning about zvachim, there's a shaila about pouring the wine onto the fire on the mizbech. You can't do kibui, putting out, extinguishing on the fire on the mizbech. So the shaila, if they're if they're pouring wine, you know, wine onto the mizbeach, you, you don't want to hit the fire. And the, the mafarshim say, well, you just a little bit at a time, it's not going to extinguish it. You know, it might throw sparks or something. So the, so it's a, a little bit at a time uh, isn't going to affect the fire. But here you can't really burn it because it's a liquid. But it's tamay, so you're supposed to burn it. It's truma tamayah. It doesn't have hetra hasaka below hetra chila. Ha hetra chila nami ispe. So hold on a sec. Uh, so you can't eat it because it's trumatmeya, and you can't burn it because it's a liquid. So you say there is a heterachila here. Because we're assuming it hasn't been squeezed yet, his grapes or his olives or his berries. So you could squeeze it less than a kibetza. So it would be an out. We would say this trumatmeya, we'd say just don't make it tmeya in the first place. You only squeeze less than a kibetza at a time. So we say really that should work. But there's a gezeira. Gezeira dilma asibhulide takola. If we let him keep around tame grapes and olives and berries, so he's going to come to actually eat them instead of just squeezing out the juice of less than a kibetz at a time, which would make the juice tahar. Are we really worried about causing a takola? Takola is maybe he's going to, he's going to eat it, and that would be an avera of truma tmea. Hatanya, there's a brisa madlikin shemen shel truma shenitmes. If the Kohen has oil or bread of truma and it became tame, he could use it to, uh, to light his fire. Amrlei, pot zarek lei ben eitzim. So how do you avoid it to call it? The bread, you're throwing it among the firewood. So he's not, it's not in his bread box. It's not in his fridge. He's throwing this tame bread into the firewood pile. Shemen shal truma, rami lei And the shemen shal truma, that now it's tame, you can't keep it in your regular kelim, you put it in a disgusting kli. You remember we had uh, about a week ago by the wine that got tame, we said, oh, the wine that got tame, you could use it for ziluf. You use it to keep the dust down on your floor. They said, oh, so good. But you might come to the day, takola. That's why it's not mentioned here, because it would be a takola 
uh, to keep Tame Truma wine around because the Kohen will come to drink it because, you know, he drinks wine with lunch. So, you know, it's so it says, oh, so you put it in a kli mice. Same eight, so put it in a disgusting kli, a dirty kli. Say, no, you, you want to keep this around for zeal if you want it to smell good. You don't want it to be disgusting. So he wouldn't do that, so he's going to keep it in his good kli. So that's why wine would be a tekola. But we see by the bread and oil, you can put them somewhere gross where you're not going to come to eat it, be able to keep it around. Uh, I have a little more time. Gufa, madlikin bepas v'shemen, shel truma So the cone can uh, light up with bread or oil of truma that became truma tzmeya. Abaye Amar Mishmei de Chizkia. Abaye said in the name of Chizkia, Rav Amar Devei Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Marta Amar Rav Huna Lo Shano Elipas Elipas. This is only by bread itself. Avalchitin, but kernels of grain. The kernels haven't been ground up yet. Lo Shma Lo. You can't keep those around because you're going to come to Tekola. So bread, you're not going to come to Tekola because you're going to throw it in the firewood pile. But grains of wheat. You can't keep around because the Kohen might come to eat them when they are tame, truma tamea. Shema Yavu Behanli Day Tekola. Like we've been saying, maybe he's going to have a Tekola, he's going to come to eat these kernels of grain. Rabbi Yochanan Amara Filochite. He could even keep around kernels of grain that are tamea, that are truma tamea. Amai. So Amai Nechash. Why are you, what are you so worried about? Dima Ate Behanli Day Tekola. Maybe he's going to come to Tekola, he's going to make popcorn, or going to eat the grains as they are. Rav Ashi. So there's a solution like Rav Ashi. Wow, top of Lamadalari. Bishlikasa umeista. He uh, overcooked it. Shlika is the mamish cooked it into some uh, soft porridge. Meista, and he put it somewhere gross. So then he, he put it somewhere gross, where he's not going to come to eat it. So if he if he already made the grains, you know, soft, so they're um, you know they're going to get a hard grain. You understand? You know, even a hard grain falls on the floor. You know, a kernel of popcorn falls on the floor. You can pick it up and you go ahead and pop it. Same thing with the grains. Here he already cooked it. Shlika. And he made it grow. So beautiful, since I have a couple minutes, I'm going to tell you, we started with a comparison of Me'ila and Truma and a comparison of death penalties. And there's an amazing Tausfus on Lamed Beis, Lamed Beis. The last Tausfus there, we're not going to read the whole thing. I'll tell you outside. He says, how is this a comparison? You're comparing death penalties? Tema, These other mitzvahs are very chamer. Shehen bekaris. This was, remember, Dam and Chaleb. The punishment was karis, not Misa and there's done a kapara. Maybe for a zodon, maybe he did it on purpose, there's no kapara at all. So by a mistake, he ate damar chayla by mistake, he brings a carbon. Brings a carbon chatas. But, and on purpose, it's a kara. So we say, maybe look, maybe there should be no kapara if he did it by, uh, on purpose. Aval me'ila, she'kola, she'en bakaras. But me'ila is mekel, there's no kara. So yesh lezona kapara. If he did me'ila on a purpose, maybe there should be a kapara with a carbon. So we know it's only by by mistake he brings a, brings it. Ki ha'gavna ika b'reish makos. He brings, talking about the Edim Zomamim, the first parak of Makos, uh, Kasher Zomla, Kasher Asod. He says they, they didn't actually do anything, but they accused another person of doing something. They would they would be punished with the same thing, Kasher Zomam, the Edim Zomamim. And, and it's, an, it's an amazing thing that that maybe there's something that's so that's so bad, a sin so bad, that the carbon is not going to work. And we actually see this. It's an amazing Nakuda by a Molech. Molech, of all things, it says in the Pasuk, he gave some of his children to the Molech. He gave some of his children to the Molech. He's Chayev of Ozara, he's Chayev Misa, we're going to kill the guy, we're going, to, we're going to kill him out for doing that. Some of his children, what if he gave all his children to Molech? So there's Mepharshim there who say, Godel Avonu means It's impossible to have a Kapara. So, so if he did Molech, he gave his children over to Molech, some of them, so the Bezdin will kill him, and Baruch Hashem, he gets a Kapara, and he goes to Gehenna, Baruch Hashem, and eventually Baruch Hashem, Yesh, Kol Yisrael, Chelek, Lama, But what if he gave all his children to Molech? So some of the Marshim say, 
that's not included in the punishment of Molech. If he did that, it's impossible to get a kabara. So that's a, it's a really interesting taisvus comparing the meila to the chaylev and dam to the karis for zmizbedei shemaim. But it's also there. There could be such a thing that's uh, too much for a carbon to deal with it. So Baruch Hashem, we covered a lot of ground, and have a wonderful day.